You're listening to the Her Leadership Coach Podcast for the quietly determined career woman who's looking to step up into her first or next level leadership role. If you're looking to make a bigger, more positive difference in your organization, you've come to the right place. Well, hello, welcome in. It's Rochelle. On today's episode of Her Leadership Coach, we're diving into a subject that unfortunately might be all too familiar to many of us. In fact, 70% of us at some stage or another, if the research is to be believed. And that is imposter syndrome. Now, why does this matter? Because I believe this is a major cause of anxiety and stress that frankly, we just don't need in our lives, especially for us quietly determined career women who are looking to carve our path in leadership roles or are in a leadership role right now. So what is imposter syndrome? Well, according to the Oxford Dictionary, it's the persistent inability to believe that one's success is deserved or has been legitimately achieved as a result of one's own efforts or skills. So it's that sneaky voice in our heads that questions our accomplishments. It undermines our confidence and it can often keep us from even trying for those leadership positions that we deserve. So recognizing it and learning how to manage it can be a turning point in our career and our personal growth. Now, You may have come across some discussions where imposter syndrome is said to be a good thing. The argument in those circles is often that it keeps you humble, right? You're not overconfident. You stay hungry and hardworking. It's seen as this driver that pushes you to work longer hours, to double check your work, to learn more, to strive for perfection. And look, I'm not going to say that's not true. There is some truth in that idea. But I think this perspective oversimplifies and kind of romanticizes the issue, right? Because imposter syndrome is not just about being humble or thorough. It's actually this deep-seated belief that you are not as competent as others think you are. And that to me is not healthy or productive, it ends up fostering fear, like this constant fear that you're going to be caught out. Uh, It fosters self-doubt that, you know, you're not good enough, that you're cheating everybody somehow. And that can also stifle creativity. You stop trying things if you don't think that you're going to be good enough at it and you stop taking risks. And leadership is all about taking risks and creativity, right? So to me, no matter how you slice it, the negatives of imposter syndrome far outweigh any perceived benefits. So let's delve into this challenging, but I think incredibly crucial topic together, shall we? I think the first question is, how can you identify if imposter syndrome is showing up in your life? Because one of the things about imposter syndrome is that we think we're not as good as other people think we are and we can't see it as imposter syndrome. We see other people with imposter syndrome 
But for us, we think it's just true. I'm just really not that good. And so it can be really difficult to see it for what it is. So to make it a little more relatable, I have created five personas that represent different aspects of how imposter syndrome manifests for women. Uh, so I'll just quickly touch on each of these and see if these sound at all familiar to you. So the first is expert Ethel. Now you're an expert Ethel if you feel like you should know everything in your field. If even a minor gap in your knowledge feels like a failure and gives you the sense that you're not qualified enough. You probably find yourself constantly seeking out training or certificates or mentors to validate your skills, to ensure that you know enough before you get started at all often. Next, we have perfectionist Preeti. Now, if you set excessively high standards for yourself and even small mistakes make you question your competence, then you might just be a perfectionist Preeti. Every task you undertake, you feel like it has to be done perfectly or it feels like a failure. Any mistake says something about you that you are not good enough. Next is Lona Lucy. Now, this one might not be as familiar, but you're a Lona Lucy if you feel your accomplishments only count when you've done them entirely by yourself. If you work in a team or you get help from others, much to your chagrin, then you feel like you're cheating and you think it invalidates your success. You think that it wasn't really you, it was them. Super Susie is our next persona, and this is a common one, particularly, I think, with mothers. You're a super Susie if you feel the need to be excellent in all areas of your life. So at work, as a parent, as a partner or as a friend. And if you're not the best in everything, you feel like you've failed. So even if you've got a PhD, for example, but your house is a mess, then you're a complete failure as far as you're concerned. And you you have this fear of being an average person and that feels very overwhelming to you. This this it feels very um, real that, you know, th this fear of being an average person is something you really don't want to be. And finally, we have natural Nadia. And if you're a natural Nadia, you are used to mastering new skills effortlessly. So you probably flew through school, uh, probably even university. You got your grades quite easily and wondered what everybody else was stressing about. And so now when something doesn't come easily to you, you start feeling anxious and you start doubting your abilities. And normally you will just stop doing it. If it's not easy straight away, then you let it go and you don't do it. So can you relate to any of these personas? Now, remember, it's normal to see a bit of ourselves in them at times. But when these thoughts and behaviors become a constant pattern, it may signal a struggle with imposter syndrome. And if that's the case, know that you're not alone and there are ways to manage it. Now, you may wonder if imposter syndrome shows up differently for women than for men. And the answer is yes, it does. 
Now, the initial research was done with women. So for quite a while, it was thought that imposter syndrome affected women far more than men. However, it does affect both genders, as more recent research has shown. However, it also shows that the impact on women, particularly those in male-dominated fields, can be more profound. So women, as we know, are often socialized from an early age to be humble, to downplay our accomplishments, and often to be quite perfect, right? And this socialization can amplify the feelings of being an imposter. For example, our expert Ethel, she might downplay her huge lot of knowledge and skills because she thinks she's not as competent as her male peers. Or our perfectionist Preethi might scrutinize her work more harshly than her male colleagues would, fearing any mistake would expose her as a fraud. As well as that, women often face higher standards and scrutiny in the workplace. Unfortunately, this is, again, research has shown this, and that can, again, fuel imposter feelings. For instance, Super Susie might feel the pressure to excel in all areas of her life, not just work, because the expectations that society places on women's roles are often multidimensional, right? So you'll see when they ask politicians questions, uh, if it's a woman, they will always ask, well, how are you going to balance this role and your child at home? Uh, see Jacinda Ardern for an example of that. When was the last time you heard them ask a male politician that question? So it's no wonder that Super Susie feels this pressure to be the excellent, perfect mother and the amazing worker and be there for all her friends because that's what she's being asked about. Also, women are more likely to internalize failure where men are more likely to say it's due to external factors. Uh, so if something goes wrong, women will go, oh, no, that's me. I stuffed up. Uh, where for men, if something goes wrong, they'll go, oh, it was the boss, the environment, my colleagues, um, the weather, whatever. It's someone else's fault. So our natural Nadia might blame herself when something doesn't come easily to her, thinking she lacks ability. While a man might think, oh, well, the task's really difficult. No wonder I'm not picking this up easily. Finally, women, especially those in leadership roles, can often feel isolated and, you know, the higher up they get, the worse this can get. Uh, and they believe they're the only ones feeling like imposters and that makes the feelings worse. So Lona Lucy might feel her accomplishments are invalid because she had help, which reflects the pressure women often feel to prepare prove they can succeed independently. I know I got feedback once from a job interview where I said, uh, you know, I often said we as a team uh, did something in particular. And I got feedback from a man that I needed to say I more often. Um, and so, you know, that's again, sort of emphasizing this fact that you need to show up as doing this yourself, uh, which is not how women naturally act for the most part. We do like to collaborate, um, but particularly in a male-dominated environment, that can be really difficult. So 
Understanding these gender differences of imposter syndrome can help us recognize it a little easier and more importantly, empower us to challenge and overcome it. So now that we've identified these personas and how they can manifest, what can we do to shift our approach and get better results with imposter syndrome? All right, so for our expert Ethels out there, and you may have more than one of these, so you want to listen to all of this, it's about shifting from this know-it-all to a learn-it-all mindset. And this isn't easy. I'm not saying this is easy. However, it's doable. I've seen this happen for people at work and and in my team. So I know it's doable. So you want to embrace that you won't know everything and learn to understand that that's okay. In fact, in this day and age, it's just normal. We can't know everything. It's, It's necessary because there is so much information out there that if we did know it all, we would never get started on anything because we we just would never stop learning. Now, you can consider adopting a practice of lifelong learning, and that is, you know, asking questions, seek out new information and being open to new experiences. But realize the goal isn't to know everything. It is to continuously grow and learn and take action with what you are learning along the way. Because taking action and even failing when taking action is one of the best ways to learn, right? So understanding that it's okay not to know it all and take action anyway, understanding that it's okay to fail and it is the best way to learn uh, is a really important mindset shift for our expert athletes. Now, if you're a perfectionist pre The trick is to transition from being self-absorbed in perfection to being a little more self-aware. Now, we need to recognize that perfection is not a realistic standard. In fact, it's not a thing. (laughs) It is subjective, right? So I think I've talked before on the podcast about how I used to try and make my business cases when I was a project manager absolutely perfect before giving them to my director for feedback. And even though I'd spent a whole heap of time on it and made it as perfect as I thought it could be, it always came back with a whole lot of red pen through it with uh, changes that I needed to make. And yes, it was red pen. My director did need me to print business cases out. (laughs) Uh, And so I gradually became aware that striving for this, my idea of perfection was a waste of my time because it was not his idea of perfection. So we need to really understand that perfection is not a real thing. It is entirely subjective and spending time on it doesn't make your thing any better. You also need to start acknowledging your accomplishments, however small they may seem. Start celebrating your wins and learn from your losses because that helps your brain to remember the things that you have done well and stop focusing only on the things that you haven't done well, um, but bringing into those lessons learned from things when they don't go well and recognizing that in itself is a win. I also want you, my lovely perfectionists, to practice self-compassion. 
love yourself anyway and remember that it's okay to be human which is to be perfectly imperfect okay for Lona Lucy it's about moving from a gaining an understanding that asking for help or working in a team does not devalue your achievements right you want to start viewing collaboration as a strength because it as a leader it brings so much to your team and your vision and your purpose to be able to work with other people so maybe next time you're working on a task intentionally involve a colleague even though it feels to you initially like this is cheating or like, oh, I can do this so much faster myself. And you may be right. You may be able to do it so much faster yourself. However, almost always the result is better when you collaborate with people. So if you start slowly inviting people in to work with you, you will start to experience the power of collective problem solving and the power of shared success. Uh, I am part of a team that has been nominated and, and in fact finalists in an award and it is so much more fun being nominated and, and being a finalist with a team because you're all in it together and you're just bouncing off each other uh, than it was when I won the award as an individual and I had to keep it quiet until I went up on stage to receive the award. Not that it wasn't amazing because it was, I really enjoyed, you know, winning that award, but this one is just that much more fun. So see how you go, Lona Lucy. Uh, if you identify with Super Susie, it's about shifting from needing to excel at everything and instead, identifying the areas in your life that matter most to you and focus on those. Because Super Susie, you are probably exhausted, uh, not to mention anxious and stressed. So make a list of your priorities and then allocate your time and energy accordingly and let other things go, whether it, that involves getting other people in to help you know, if someone, if you can pay someone to clean your house, then do that and just rest. That is absolutely fine. You'll find that by focusing on what truly matters for you, you can actually achieve more meaningful success to you. All right. And natural Nadia, it's about moving from limiting beliefs to empowered actions. So when you find something challenging, it doesn't mean you're a failure. It's actually an opportunity to stretch and grow. And so you need to let go of this limiting belief that you have to be naturally good at something before you try it. Set yourself some small achievable goals that gradually push you out of your comfort zone that don't come to you naturally and you will feel that growth as you go. Now, remember, these mindset shifts are not one-off actions. As I said, they are not uh, quick fixes. They are practices that need to be integrated into our daily lives. 
The goal is not to eliminate imposter syndrome overnight, uh, but to gradually change our patterns of thinking and behaving. And that leads to a more authentic and confident version of ourselves. Now, there are also changes that would be great if they happened in our environments. Uh, It would be great if, you know, women weren't asked questions that are only asked of women. Um, It would be great if men were less uh, combative sometimes in a a male-dominated industry particularly uh, and allow women to naturally shine. Um, But today we're talking about things that are within, within our control. All right, so what benefits can we expect from changing our approach to combat imposter syndrome? Well, firstly, implementing these strategies can significantly reduce the stress, anxiety, and low self-esteem that's often associated with imposter syndrome. When we're not constantly doubting ourselves, we're more likely to feel calm, confident, uh, more capable. Uh, So let's look at each persona and how they particularly will benefit so expert ethel embracing that learn it all mindset leads to continuous growth and development and you can become more innovative more adaptable which are both valuable traits in any profession particularly in leadership roles perfectionist preethi if you can embrace your self-awareness and let go of the fact that there is such a thing as perfectionism, then that leads to a healthier work-life balance and improve relationships. Because as you let go of unrealistic expectations for yourself, you are also more likely to let go of unrealistic expectations of others. And I know you have those. Don't try and hide that. Uh, Lona Lucy If you can recognize the value of teamwork and collaboration, that can really enhance your problem-solving skills and lead to more significant achievements. You'll become a better leader, a better colleague, people will feel more drawn to you, and you become a more rounded individual. Super Susie, you can expect to have more energy, get some time back and focus on what truly matters to you. And that leads to more meaningful achievements and an overall better quality of life. And finally, for natural Nadia, embracing challenges makes you more resilient, right? If you take those small steps, you will find your resilience grows and you become better able to handle setbacks which again is an essential skill in any leadership role. But I think maybe the most significant benefit of all is the freedom to just be yourself without fear of being found out. You can step into the power that you genuinely have inside, contribute your unique skills and perspectives without trying to hide them or worry that people are seeing them differently than you are and make the difference you were meant to make. All right, as we wrap up this episode, I want to leave you with a concrete action you can take to begin shifting your mindset and combating imposter syndrome. And you may have heard of this before. However, I encourage you to actually do it. And that is to create an achievements log. Just take a few minutes each day to write down three accomplishments that you have achieved that day. Big, small, doesn't matter. 
It could be solving a complex problem at work, helping a team member, ringing to say, how are you? Are you okay? Or even standing up for yourself in a challenging situation. This achievements log becomes a tangible reminder of your skills, your talents, and the value that you're bringing. Whenever you feel those imposter feelings creeping in, just revisit your achievements log. It's hard evidence of your worth. And over time, it can help you really own your successes and truly believe in your abilities. But remember, this is a journey, not a destination. Don't rush it. Be patient with yourself and give yourself grace as we say in the Her Leadership Way manifesto. Okay, that's us for today. Thank you for joining me this week. If you want to continue the conversation about imposter syndrome or being a leader from the inside out, come and join us in the Women in Leadership Facebook group. I also want to let you know some of this podcast was created with the assistance of artificial intelligence. While the ideas, examples, personas in this case and language are all still mine, I do occasionally get help with editing the audio, writing my show notes and the occasional save from writer's block. It saves me time, which is of course invaluable for me as a busy entrepreneur and career woman. As a leader, I truly believe this is an area you should also be experimenting with as it will revolutionize the way we work. And I want you to be at the front of that revolution. Now, if you got value out of this episode, I would love it if you could share it with others. And of course, if you've been listening to podcasts for any amount of time, you will know that rating the show and leaving a review helps others find the show. And I would really appreciate it. Until next week, continue to lead the way her way.